Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Dream Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Great, Josh. A 5-1 victory for the U.S. men over Panama is a great way to leave your FPL troubles behind. So it looks like yes. U.S. might actually qualify for the World Cup, which is fun. Yeah. Fun for us over here. Pretty good, yeah. And, you know, nowadays uh, it's, it, it's just hard to explain how annoying it was when we didn't make the World Cup four years ago. Like, annoying because we didn't get to watch it. But then, like, if you are in the United States and you're creating, you know, soccer slash football content to not have your <laughs> team qualify for the World Cup was not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. excitement in the States uh, just around football, soccer generally ramped down. So here we are. Yeah. We are ramping up. Speaking of ramping up, the whole idea of this particular episode of Always Cheating is a lot of you out there might have just tuned out FPL stuff for the last week or so. Yeah. yeah. What did you miss? It's sort of like, where are we now? What happened on last week's episode of FPL? <laughs> yeah. You may not want to listen to last week's episode, Brian. Our, our episode last week was, unbeknownst to us, until until after we like published it but out there, the most controversial episode of the Always Cheating podcast that we've ever created, Brandon. I How did that I happen? Ex- it was about fun. It was supposed to be about fun. The the idea was make fantasy fun again. It was like how yeah. to do it. And uh, and somehow something got lost in the framing. And it sounded to some ears, some we got we got you know good feedback and bad. Good and bad, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't want to say it was all bad, but uh some were some ears, especially in my case, as somebody who's 33k overall, it sounded like I was just complaining. And that was that was a, a very common complaint. And it was like it was like the rich guy complaining about property taxes was how it came off to some people. And so not my intention, but, um, and I don't even own a home Brandon. So, you know, I don't really know, (laughs) you know, it was was a real, it was a a flop in so many ways. So, um, yeah, so this time we're, we're getting back to, uh, as you like to say, Brandon, all, all the time you say, what, 10, 12 times a day, we're getting down to brass tacks on this week's podcast, Brandon and fantasy talk, that's what this podcast is about. It's about fantasy. It's about yeah. uh, you and I. We're we're hosts. We're men, you know. But that's secondary. Okay, how we feel because <laughs> yeah. I, you know, last week's podcast was what does FPL? It was almost like it was like what does FPL say about you? You know, mm-hmm. it was like it was like we kind of did like the the FPL psychologist chair, mm-hmm. and uh, some people don't like what it says about them or us or anything, Brandon. So, uh, yeah. No, you don't want to look within yourself. You just want to look at the 15 men, as you call them, Josh, in your <laughs> FPL squad. So let's do that. We've got yeah. we've got a doubles actually happening in game week 31. Lots yep. of questions about game week 33 yep. and 36. 
Who are the teams? This is just like as you as as I am fond, fond of saying, Josh. Brass tacks. Who are the teams and who are the yeah. players? Teams, teams, teams. Okay, yeah. sports, sports, sports. Let's get into it. So uh, before we do, uh, and this there's really no preamble this time around, Brandon, because uh, we're here and uh, all of my NCAA tournament picks are out. Nothing to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Academy Awards. Not as into it this year as I have been in other years. So we're getting right into it. I did mm-hmm. want to quickly say. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, thank you to Brian Fay, our newest uh, Patreon supporter. If you want to thanks, say thanks, Brian. support the cheater. Yeah, I know. Especially this late in the season. To get any any support at all is always a nice <laughs> boost for uh, for our self-esteem. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating to support the pod. Uh, Brandon, we have a new end-of-season league. We do. If you needed a reason to um, throw a few pennies in the Always Cheating supporters jar, here's the reason. And this goes for you existing supporters as well. We're kicking off the end-of-season Forever Young League league and what does that mean we're starting a special mini league on the fpl site for our supporters uh beginning on the uh, game week 32 deadline so just be be a supporter before the game week 32 deadline on patreon and you'll receive our forever young league code for a straight up start from scratch zero points mini league uh, everyone is back to a level playing playing field. You're back to your young, beautiful self. Yep. And whoever wins is going to get a $250 cash prize courtesy of us, the That's Always right. Cheating Men. And your choice of whatever you want from our Always Cheating digital shop. Yeah. Are we doing so? We're doing cash, or are we doing like a like a gift card? Yeah, you know, There's American some legal, Ex- some legal, you know, around American Express uh, will will uh, <laughs> hook us up with a gift card. We'll we'll beam that over to you via email, and then you can spend it on whatever you want. I don't even want to know what you spend it on. Yeah, don't don't tell. We don't want to see the the receipts. You know, it's a no, it's a, it's a dirty business, Brent. So uh, that that's awesome though. The uh, the forever young league. I'm excited. Uh, I like the idea of starting scratch late on like this too. It's yeah. kind of fun, and and I think after game week 32 it starts on what should be a non-double as well so you know it's a somewhat clean start for everybody um so and, you know if you support the podcast even if you don't win that for every young league uh, you get an extra podcast each week uh you get the uh, manager of the month award the regular award that is and uh, the slack chat we can review newsletter etc cetera, etc cetera. Yep. so on that note Brent, i want to get right into the discussion Let's take a quick break and we'll get into game week 31 talk so game week 31 is here brandon we are, uh, I think the, the, the most important thing to do here is we got, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, right? We can mm-hmm. talk about our teams in, in a little bit. Uh, but I think international break, they, they get, you know, the first one or two of the season are the most annoying because you're the most excited, you know, and you're just like, all right, like I'm, I'm loving this. This is so much fun. I, why do you have to break it up right now? I'm just, I'm ready to activate my first wild card, whatever. But the last one can break the back of some people, right? It's like, there's a lot going on. In life, spring break, you know, is happening or starting to happen. There's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Academy Award in, in the United States with all kinds of stuff going on right now. Academy Award. Just the time change, Josh, has, yeah. has annihilated my conscience. Masters is kicking off in a week. You know, lots, lots of stuff going on, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So um, we thought what we do is just remind everybody what's going on. What do we got, you know, uh, right in front of us and what's happening over the next few weeks. So, um, you know, we're heading to game week 31. There's uh, eight weeks left in the season. Uh, season will end in the middle of May. Uh, I, I'm not going to go through every single detail here, Brandon. But uh, in game week 31, Everton and Burnley have double game weeks. All right. Mm-hmm. So Everton, uh, they play away to West Ham and away to Burnley. And Burnley play home to Man City and home to Everton. 
your classic B minus game week uh, for for both teams. Really, it's it's yeah. a tricky one. Yeah, and, and we have a we yeah. have a third cheater this week. We have Admiral Akbar on the podcast to talk to us about this double game week. Uh, Admiral, what do you have to say? Uh, Josh, he says <laughs> it's a trap. Yes, it it feels that way, and mm-hmm. it's sort of you know it's a trap. It's an opportunity. You know, um, sometimes those are, um, sometimes opportunities are traps, of course, but sometimes opportunities truly are opportunities, right? There are times when, when, uh, at the very least it's, uh, it gives you, you know, I mean, uh, three weeks ago, was it now when, uh, when you had Philip Coutinho just absolutely off in a double game week. Uh, I think it was game week 28. And, um, you know, that's always the hope, right? I mean, Philip Philip Coutinho is not a universally on player. He's a player who could, is likely to get you two points as an attacking return. And, um, but he just, you know, absolutely went off in that double. And um, I think it was what, two goals and two assists, I think ultimately. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's always the hope with the doubles that you're going to hit on that one player who's got sub 50% ownership and he just absolutely goes off. So I think there are some, contenders between these teams um i mean obviously veghorst is is the one and he's sort of in that chris wood mold you know mm-hmm. where obviously he was basically the replacement for chris wood but you know it's that sort of striker in the box on a team that has a lot of set pieces right like there are like just he could just nick a goal just through chance and it's kind of shocking to me that he only has one goal so far since joining burnley it feels like he's had a lot yeah. more opportunities he should have at least two or three i, feel I like. agree it is it is shocking and i think Veghorse is probably the most contentious fpl issue heading into 31 because yeah. a lot of people are wondering what could i do with it? i could i find a forward i'll play the 352 or yep. uh, four five one, yep. and not have to worry about any other striker than Harry Kane. Maybe yep. Brojo with Southampton's double coming up in game week thirty three. Um, I'm struggling to find a way in my personal team, and we'll talk about my wild card uh, perhaps at some point um, to find an upgrade in my midfield for whatever savings I get for not having Veghorst. So mm-hmm. my personal view is 6.4 for a guy who's under 5% owned in the game, who has five fixtures in three game weeks, yeah. is just worth another go. It didn't work out, but yeah. listen, we I think a lot of people sting from looking at Veghorst because we all captained him the last time Burnley had a double game week. That I think is probably the bigger lesson learned is like don't don't shove all in on a player like this, but it's still I feel like it's 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 the opposite of detrimental to your FPL team to have big horse. Yeah, and I think I think you're right to add a little context there because it's it's not just you know if you, if you just look at 32 in a vacuum, you might think well Man City at home that's that's a blank for him most likely, and uh, Everton at home is is good, but I mean you know Burnley. Like that's a pretty tight match for Everton as well. Really important match for them too, right? Relegation battle. So, um, you know, it's possible, but unlikely that that turns into a high scoring affair, but next week they play, um, Norwich away and Norwich are terrible. I mean, honestly they are. And so I think that, um, you know, he could, he could do something in that match. And the following week they have Southampton at home and West Ham away. So it's, it's really four. I'd say, I mean, West Ham away, I think is probably a, reasonably decent fixture for him as well honestly i mean west ham are are not you know defense is not they've had a great season but defense is not really their strengths right so um so really you could look at the next three weeks three game weeks and see four pretty good fixtures for veg and you know if we want to expand beyond him a little bit i think there are you know some players that you could at least consider i mean um 
you know, I, I can't do the Aaron Lennon thing. Uh, you know, I just can't. I, he's cheap. So if you need like a fifth bench player, sure, like toss him in there. You know, I think he's he's at least in the conversation with a couple other guys. We're actually going to talk about them a little bit later. Um, McNeil is the one who has at least shown some form. I mean, you wouldn't know it by looking at the zero goals and one assist that he has so far in the season. Uh, but he, he has had some moments. And the one that's like the full wild card to me is, is Max Cornet. And, you know, he's six goals in the season. Hasn't actually scored one of these goals since game week 21, mm-hmm. which another thing I just don't get. I don't like, there's a lot of things that I just don't get right now about the, you know, <laughs> you, you can extend this out to Chris Wood at Newcastle and Chris Wood when he was at Burnley, like Burnley really should be, I don't even talk about like XG here. I just mean like in terms of just like the way that they play, they should have more goals this season than they do. Right. Because it's like, it's just like when, if you have a ton of set pieces, like things are like something's going to happen, right? The ball's going to fall on the right head at the right moment. Yeah. Right. This is just like sort of the nature of these, of these things, right? You put yourself in a position, even if the possibility is low that anything's going to happen on one particular one, you know, add enough of them up. And, you know, you're going to score more goals. And that's kind of how they've survived for all these years. And this is just yeah. this year, the ball has not, you know, fallen on the right head, um, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, you know, so it's just, you know, I think that Vegor still has a lot of potential. The midfield is, a, a you know, it's just a total crapshoot. Honestly, it is. And I think the only, um, you know, other, so, you know, could you really justify spending that much money in any of them? I don't, I don't, no. any of the, any of the midfielders, I don't think so. You know? No, I think just same goes for Everton here. One of these guys is enough, uh, is enough plenty. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I'm looking at how do I change up my team on a wild card and the doubles just throughout the course of the, the rest of the season aren't really factoring into my thinking at all. Yeah. I am focused on just getting players from Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester City, yeah. and you, you and Arsenal. I think uh, um, works there too, obviously. Uh, but you can't have a fifteen guys from those four teams. You'll have holes to plug, and I will happily plug a hole with Anthony Gordon from Everton and Veghorst from Burnley. Yeah, uh, there's enough marginal upside there. It's really a shame that Dominic Calvert-Lewin hasn't been able to kind of reclaim. I mean, this this guy who scored 16 goals last season, you know, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, you just, you know, just missed so much time through injury. And um, and I think he's, he's even re-aggravated those injuries, right? It's just been sort of just it's it's a lost season for him, unfortunately. You know, this this happens. Though. I mean, it's happened to, to um, your boy, um, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, a couple yes. of years ago, right? right. He just had this terrible injury riddled season. And then he came back and he was fine the next year. Right. And this is, this is something that, that does happen even to the best players. So I think that, um, you know, it doesn't, but I, this year feels like it, it's just a little too risky to, to put your faith in, in, in Calvert-Lewin and where Charleston is, I'm kind of confused by him as well. Right. Because I just don't know how a player of his caliber, uh, can only have four goals and three assists on the season. I mean, you know, you had seven and six the year before. It's just odd to me. You had 13 and five, um, 13 the year before that as well. I mean, like a player of Richarlison's talent should never have only four goals in the season. This guy, like, yeah. I, I know that I know that you in some ways are only as good as the team around you, but there's a long history of players who are who sort of take their team by the my boy Santi Cazorla, Brandon, mm-hmm. for example, take a <laughs> mediocre team by the scruff of their neck, you mm-hmm. know, and and I mean Rafinha, look at what Rafinha has done, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you could argue that Rafinha is in a similar position as uh, as Richarlison. I mean, as sure. leads squad that much stronger than than Everton's I, I don't think so 
play style, perhaps. I mean, coming off of uh, sure. Rafa Benitez, who favors a more defensive style, where sure. Rafinha has sure. been flourishing in a more attacking style at Leeds, I think that plays into it, too. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like it's hypocritical to say, well, what's wrong What's wrong with Richarlison? That's a no-go zone, um, whereas Veghorst is. Um, I I just, I, I think Veghorst is, there is cheap, uh, where Veghorst is 6.4 and people would complain 6.4 is too expensive for Veghorst. Yeah. And then I would complain that 7.5 is too expensive for Richarlison. Yeah. I'm meeting in the middle here, Josh. But I feel like you start going sub 6 million. I don't know if any of these guys are even going to play. And yeah. that's fine if you're playing a different formation where you only need one striker and Harry Kane. But um, I think the the situation you're in with players like Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin are a lot like what we might talk about with Manchester United in a moment where value for money is a huge problem. Yeah. I, you know, I and, and think, then the, and I guess then the ripple effect throughout the rest of your team. I actually think the, the, the defense, even though that's been really disappointing for both these squads as well is at least an area you could, you could consider. Um, I think that uh, you have Connor Roberts, 4.4 million for Burnley, uh, four clean sheets in the last 10. So not, not bad, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a player that I'd be, like, excited to start, especially with Man City as mm-hmm. one of these two fixtures. But, um, you know, but I, I think, you know, if you see him as a long-term investment, if you still have a bench boost, you know, I could see some value there for him. Yeah. Um, you could also consider someone like like a Mason Holgate, who is, you know, the bench for him is, you know, it's like, yeah, he's not like a player you're, you'd be excited about bringing in, but he's $4.2 million, right? He's incredibly cheap, and... Um, they have this double in game week 31 and then, uh, and actually it's very useful because they have a double in 31 and then, um, so if like you have Trent Alexander Arnold, he doesn't play in game week 31, as seems likely mm-hmm. he's like a perfect kind of like just stick him in there and, you know, see what you can get out of those two fixtures. And what makes him really valuable is that there are two unconfirmed mat or two, to be played matches that have not been slotted in yet for Everton. That's a home match against crystal palace and an away match to Watford. So two pretty good fixtures, like two, mm-hmm. not bad fixtures for a defender. So, um, you know, as kind of an enabler as a cheap, you know, fifth bench player, I I'd like someone like Colgate. I mean, you know, you could spend a little more on someone like, like, uh, Seamus Coleman, um, but honestly, there's just not a lot of attacking returns there from, from kind of anyone. So you might as well just go with the cheapest option and, and Hallgate. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Anthony Gordon, I think sticks out just because of his yeah. price tag at 4.5 and he's starting virtually every game under Lampard and he can be that fifth midfielder. If you need him or if Everton yeah. have a bad fixture, then just he's on your bench and you're paying no penalty across the rest of your team budget wise. Yeah, there's kind of a couple of those, right? You got you got your boy Aaron Lennon. You know, I know you're a huge fan. You've got uh, you've got Aaron Gordon. You got the Aarons, uh, and then and then you have Ramsey too on 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 Villa. And I, I think I would even you know even though they don't have a double in in 31, like if I was wild carding in 31, I'd probably still opt for Ramsey unless I needed um, a starter for for 31 because. Um, Villa still have a couple of, um, unplayed matches to make up a couple home mm-hmm. matches. Um, once home to Burnley, once home to Liverpool, which isn't great, but, um, he's been really strong, uh, Ramsey at, you know, at, at moments. I mean, like given, given his price, I think that you're, you're really getting a lot out of him. I think he's, he's a little more expensive. I think he's 4.8 million. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think there, there are a few options there. I think I, I go for him just because he's proven he can score 
you know, sure. which is more than you could say for the other the other two gents. Sure. Okay, so that's Burnley Everton. I don't think we need to dra- drag this out too much further. There is lots of other stuff happening right now during yeah. the international break that's going to carry. We gave that a solid, you know, uh, they, they got they got a solid bit of discussion there, Brandon. That was probably as much as it was needed, you know. Yep. And now we can. Yep. It was the perfect yeah. amount. Perfect. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, congrats to us. Um, so uh, Trent Alexander Arnold um, is to be determined. I talked about him a second ago. Uh, here's the situation. He, um, you know, he was much, much like Aaron Ramsdale, who we also don't know about, uh, Klopp came out and said, it'll be, uh, some weeks because of a hamstring injury. Uh, we know that he traveled to the middle East and was photographed walking into a pitch, but it was also like possibly a promotional photograph because like his sponsor was like featured really prominently in the photo. So it could be that he wasn't actually going to train and he was just looking like he was to sell you know, shoes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we at least know that he's healthy enough to be taking Instagram photos, Brandon. That's always a good, it's a good, you gotta be very healthy to, to, uh, to tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot of posts, uh, myself. <laughs> That's good. I mean, the, the fitness of Liverpool players, I think is really crucial to people wild carding right now, because I, knowing I had a wild card gave me the freedom to get rid of Mo Salah for Liverpool's blank in game week 30 and I feel like that is really the strength of a wild card right now is to get Mo Salah back in, at least for me, yeah. yep. um, because he is so expensive. Like if you're just looking to change things on the margins, I think you could probably hang on to your wild card for for a while longer. But anyway, I think it's really unlikely that he plays in 31. I mean, if, if you look at what's what's to come after 31, you've got Benfica. Uh, away uh, at midweek, so you have you have a game week thirty one, and then I think it's like four days later. Liverpool play the early match uh, two and thirty one, so you play thirty one, and then four days later they play Benfica, and then four or five days after that, whatever that you know, I think they play on Tuesday in Benfica, and then on Sunday they play Man City, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's the season. So I think you can safely assume that you're able to defeat. Watford. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Although who knows? I mean, they lost to them the, the year they won the title, but you know, most likely they're going to win that game. Um, and so you, you know, it doesn't seem like you would risk, especially with a hamstring. Those are like the, like, like nothing seems to get re-aggravated more than like a dodgy hamstring. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. so unlikely, I think for him to play in that one. And, you know, I think it's so in my case that actually is affecting my transfer decisions this week because I, I might need like a pinch hitter. Like I might need somebody to come in and, and, and play a, do a job for me defensively for, for a week or two. And so, uh, which makes it, which actually is kind of tricky. We'll we'll talk about this in a second, but I don't love any of the defenders for double game week 33. Like there's Mm not, I'm not like blown away with any of the defensive options there. And so, um, you know, I would probably be focused more on the fixtures in 31 and 32 and then thinking about the doubles down the line. Like mm-hmm. I think rather than bring in a defender who doubles in 33, I'd be much more likely to bring in someone like Rudiger, you know, mm-hmm. and just sort of solve that future problem. Right. Because Chelsea have two matches to make up as well. And even though those aren't going to happen in the next couple of weeks, I don't have a wild card. And so every transfer has to be made with like thinking of these eight game weeks sort of as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't just look at the game weeks, the next two or three, you've got to think about everything, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it's, it's like, uh, I remember walk hard, Brandon, you know, I sure and, do. Uh, in the beginning of that, where Tim Meadows is like, Oh, before he walks out there, he's got to think about every single moment he's ever lived in his entire life. <laughs> right. And that's how I am, Brandon, before I make every yeah. transfer, I got to think about every single, every single game week, you know, every yeah. single game that's going to happen over the next eight weeks. Um, so yeah, it definitely makes things tricky and I've gotten very off track here. So let's get back on track. Um, I mentioned game week 33. 
it really is important to keep this in mind if you especially if you don't have a wild card mm-hmm. if you do it's obviously important too but you kind of knew that mm-hmm. uh but if you don't you've really got to be thinking about 33 and here's the crucial thing is not only is it a double b of three teams that don't play at all yeah. right Leeds, wolves villa don't play Brennan, I have five players from those three teams on my squad right now. Yeah, so you're going to be probably burning a few points over the next few weeks. I don't know. It's going to be tricky. I've got two transfers um, in hand right right now. Okay, so you can get get rid of four of those guys for free. And then, of course, you have a bench in 33, so you could bury a non-playing guy on your bench. That's not a problem. Okay, you're you're okay. It's okay, but it's not, you know, but again, like it's, it made, like none of those players are super expensive. Uh So it's not like it's like going to be, it's not like I have like some 11 million guy that I can drop to fund Mm-hmm. Ronaldo or something like that. You know what I mean? And so it's like, so it's, it makes for kind of boring moves unless I burn four, yeah. you know, and take out, take out somebody big. Um, so Leeds, Wolves, Villa blank and, uh, the teams that double in 33 mm-hmm. man United, Leicester, mm-hmm. Arsenal. I feel like those are kind of the big, the big three. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've got Newcastle, Southampton, Brighton, and Burnley. Newcastle might have one of the better doubles, though, as they have yeah. two home matches, Leicester and Crystal Palace. So certainly, yeah, that's true. Uh, Chris Chris Wood, uh, the vague horse 1.0 is is a yeah. thought there. Yep. I don't dislike Newcastle there, but I I think it's it's like this is why when I'm pl- plotting my wild card, I'm just not really focusing on these doubles because I don't want to carry. It's like you looking at. We, we built up all these Wolves and Villa players looking at their um, playing in game week 30. Yeah. There was a Wolves double, of course. And now I don't want to have any of these guys. And I want to get rid of them. And I feel like game week 33 is just going to be another opportunity to get in players that I don't want to carry for the rest of the season. So I go through yeah. these teams and I'm like, well, which ones actually appeal? Manchester United uh, have like the great reversal fixture of Norwich followed by Manchester City, or I don't know if it's vice versa. Um, it's yeah, Norwich at home, then Liverpool away. And we all saw what Liverpool did to uh, Manchester United earlier this season. And I'm just like, again, it's that conversation I was starting about Bruno at 11.4, like just like how that is going to change the um, the shape of the rest of your team, spending that much money on him just to get him in or basically half of a double. I really do not feel like it's worth it. So maybe we can talk about free hit chips in a, in a little while. Yeah. Um, and so that's where Lester becomes more appealing because Harvey Barnes is, is cheaper at 6.6 and is somebody who you can, you can kind of work into your team a little more easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Harvey Barnes, I think I, we we're going to have to talk about Jaden Sancho too, Brandon, you know, I, I don't okay. want to do it either. <laughs> you know, now I, I sort of, uh, you know, I, I made one straight comment about Jaden Sancho and I've been paying it for, paying for it for, for months, you know, um, you know, sometimes I forget that, that, you know, Twitter's not like a bar, you know, if you say something dumb at a bar, Brandon, everybody just forgets about it, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. 10 minutes later, they're like, Oh, he had a couple drinks, you know, but yeah, if you have a couple drinks and you say something dumb on Twitter, the rest of your life, people are going to be, uh, sharing, uh, clips of the, the player right. that you, uh, insulted, you know, in your, in your Twitter feed. So, um, yeah, I, I have certainly, uh, come around. It wasn't like I never rated him. It just, he just hadn't, he hadn't revved up, you know, it just mm-hmm. took him a, a little while to do that. And right. Go back you know. to game week 24. Sancho's got six starts and seven. Two goals, two assists. Uh, he's playing the full 90 uh, most of these matches. 8.9? How does that strike you, though, Josh? Well, 
I mean, it's not great, but it's not impossible either, right? Yeah. It's it's sort of, and what I like about it, we can talk about this more in a second. Uh, what I like about it is I, I, you know, if I, let's say I do this veg horse move and so mm-hmm. I, I do that and maybe I hold, I hold the other transfer, uh, which is mm-hmm. possible. Um, you could bring in Sancho just for 33 and then you could move him to Kai Havertz mm-hmm. uh, after that. And Havertz is in that similar awkward price point. So if you sort of commit yourself to the awkward price point, then you could, in theory, get two of Sancho followed by, you know, four. I mean, I'm just talking about double game weeks here, but, yeah. you know, followed by four of, of Havertz, assuming he starts those. I mean, this is always the problem with with Chelsea midfielders is, you know, you're sort of um, – you're, you know, it's like, it's like having Mares, you know, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> right. if you get him at the right time, it's awesome, you know, but you also are just as likely to get zero or one points. And I mean, not just as likely, but you know, like one every three times you're going to get nothing. And that's I think of- the thing with Havertz, unlike Mares is what Tuchel has found is he doesn't have a like for like replacement at this yeah, time for Havertz, yeah. whereas yeah. Mares, uh, Pep has got four or five, six or 20 guys. That's true. They could take Mares's place. That, that's, that's true. And Mares can really only play, you know, on the, on the right. And uh, yeah, it feels like Havertz is more of like a Swiss army knife. Like he's just, yeah. you can play him as a forward. You can play him as a number 10, you know, he's just like, you can play right. him on the wings. It's just super talented. And last four matches yeah. for Havertz 90. Now he's, that is him sort of coming out of the wilderness. Yeah. Um, starting in game wing 26, but he, he plays the full 94 straight matches with four goals to, to his yeah. name there and one assist. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I, I think you, what, what you have to weigh there is if you don't have any chips left is why maybe just get Havertz, uh, instead of Sancho. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting, um, right. So let's look at the next three, three fixtures. You've got, um, uh, Man United play Leicester at home, Everton away. They've got this double and it's, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, as you, as you just mentioned, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a classic, uh, up and down double, right. Where they've got a really good match in Norwich and then a really bad one away to away to Liverpool followed by away to Arsenal. Not a good match either. Um, and, yeah, and then yeah, well, they have to go. They, you know, they they play Brentford at home. Sure, that's a good match. Then away way to Brighton, not good. Play, mm-hmm. They play Chelsea, and then away to Palace. And you know, I mean, and that's and that's in thirty eight. And thirty eight's like you can't you can't plan for thirty eight because thirty eight is like who knows? Like it kind of depends. They may have nothing to be play for, and they just play like a bunch of youth. Play. You know, it's like you never really know what's going to happen in game week thirty eight. So yeah. it should never really be part of your thinking. Um, and you know, so I think maybe you're right. And then you look at Chelsea; they play Brentford at home great match mm-hmm. Southampton away great match mm-hmm. Arsenal at home fine not bad mm-hmm. uh and then uh they've got West Ham at 34 and then let's see the 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 matches that they still have to make up at some point are Leicester at home and Leeds away terrific those are terrific <laughs> matches so yeah the only yeah. caveat with Chelsea is they are in numerous competitions still they've got Real Madrid home and away between game weeks yep. 31 and 32 and then 32 and 33 yeah and then they play Crystal Palace in the FA Cup semifinals yeah. uh, somehow they're in there in the Europa Conference League too I don't get that I don't get how that worked out you know but somehow they're uh they're kicking around there too. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. They're also, they're in the NCAA tournament, which is crazy. I don't know how <laughs> legally that even made sense, but you know, they're uh-huh. professionals, but yeah, so there's a lot going on with, with Chelsea right now and not to mention the, uh, all the uh, ownership stuff that's happening there as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So that gives you a sense of what's happening in 33 and you should certainly keep that in mind with your transfers. I don't want to go through every single team that doubles in 33 right now because, um, we can save that. We've got, you know, two more podcasts to go yeah. before that game. We kicks off. Um, but I did want to note 
sort of a big picture way to think about this, which is that um, there are effectively two bands of fixtures to come. Mm-hmm. You've got game weeks, game, game week uh, 31 to 35, roughly. You know, mm-hmm. there are a few slots where matches could get slotted in over the next couple of weeks, but mo- the vast majority of them, these kind of unplayed COVID matches, these Epic Cup postponements, uh, there was like a weather match, I remember with Burnley and, you know, and Spur- whatever, mm-hmm. any number of reasons why these matches got postponed. Um, and most of them are going to happen after 34, after 34 or 35. So, yep. Uh, the teams that the double in in 33 uh, tend to be kind of the mid table ish or the kind of European slot, you know, somewhere between like you know, the teams you'd be targeting are between like 12 and six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we have after that are doubles for the heavy hitters. Right. Mm-hmm. So from gaming 30 on, we see doubles for Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City, which makes things tricky because, uh, as you know, Liverpool. You got to have Salah. That's just that's just a given. He's having an unbelievable season. I think you can make an argument for like if you're on a wild card for going with someone like Robertson over mm-hmm. over Trent. But but regardless, you want to have a, a Liverpool defender as well. But I think Man City is trickier because they don't have any matches to make up except for this one, uh, you know, one FA Cup postponement that'll happen in 36, 37. Um, and then they play Liverpool in 32 as well, which isn't a great match. Mm-hmm. So and then they don't double in 33. So in some ways, I would like to have Man City players, but I, I, when I look at my team and the things yeah. I've got to plan for, I don't know how I, I would have them before th- game week 34. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't really make sense for me. There is an element of luck slash variance that hits Manchester City fantasy assets more than any of these top four teams because of their um, the possibility of them being rotated and just how they share the points because they're all so gifted. They're all going to score, score goals. So who do you get and cash in and any given week? And then, so as I was plotting my wild card, I actually (laughs) found myself just with Cancelo. And I think that, I think that's not actually a great place to be for my wild card, especially if I'm looking to chase and increase my overall rank. I think city, because they will score a lot of goals is, is an opportunity Um, yeah, right. So it's, it's sort of like, where do you want to take the risk? And I'm kind of with you in that, uh, if, if you're wildcarding now, it just feels too early to plan for Manchester city. Yeah. Given just like Chelsea, they're in a fair number of competitions and when you might stand to really cash in on city is when those doubles, uh, come at the very end of the season, maybe. So maybe we like put a pin in city until after the, uh, after the Liverpool fixture in game week 32. Yeah, and I think even then in 33, it's going to be hard to look at all these doubles and in pick Man City uh, when they play Brighton by the you know as as the, as the sole match they have in 33. Not a terrible match, but Brighton, you know, like they're strong enough defensively that I you know just it's hard to imagine that being like a five nil thrashing, right? It's just not. You know, if they're playing Leeds or something like that at home, mm-hmm. then you'd be maybe more inclined. But once you get past 33, then you've got. Uh, the immensity of the thrashings commence. The thrashings commence, right? Yeah, yeah, they play Watford at home, leads away, Newcastle yeah. at home in 34, 35, 36. That's like that's triple up territory. That's like mm-hmm. burn four points to make sure you've got, you know, multiple, multiple assets territory. Yeah. So um, but that's you know, that's something that you can you want to at least keep it in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's actually it's an argument, I think, for possibly wildcarding later. Uh the yeah. here's my and I, I was gonna save this for the chip talk later, but just because we're talking about it, I don't want to push everything that we're talking about like 10 minutes on the line here. My thinking about, about wildcarding is this, yeah. I don't have a wildcard left. You do. Yeah. Um, I think that if you 
are in a good spot in your mini league. Like if you're like first, second, third, you know, in a, in a, in contention, you know, in one of the top yeah. spots, I would strongly consider waiting until game week 34 in a wild card. Mm-hmm. I think if you are chasing, you know, if you're 50, 60 points behind, if you're looking, you know, if you've got some target, I think you have to wild card early. And the reason why is because the reason to wild card is to pick up as many points as possible. And if you wait until game week 34, mm-hmm. You're just not giving yourself enough game weeks to make up the ground. <laughs> not you know, enough runway. Gonna, yeah, exactly. It's like you're going to have to like muddle through three more weeks, you know, and yeah. then hope that, you know, because it's like not they're not going to stand still either. You know, yeah. the, the, the like everyone else, they're going to they're going to start preparing for these, too. So it, it may not make up as much ground as you think anyway, yeah. you know. And so but I think but I think if you are in first place or second or whatever, then you can let them make up ground. You can take that risk, you know, and then, and then you can basically supercharge your way to whatever, starting the game week 34, right? You can set yourself up with three Chelsea, three Man City, three Liverpool. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, and a, you know, a couple of cheaper players as well. Um, and, and I think that's really where, um, it could come in handy. But I think if you do it when you're, when you're down, it's, it's just too late for that to really make a big difference. Yeah. Specifically looking just at game week 31 happening most, uh, presently, I think a lot of us are perfectly set up for game week 31. Um, barring, you know, people who have Jimenez, but that's just one transfer you have to make. So, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in that pack where I'm chasing and I want to act. I agree. I want to act sooner rather than later. But if I wasn't in that position, I, my team actually feels pretty good for 31. Right. Cause I mean, if you wildcard, it's going to be hard for you not to drop Kane, right. To fund Mosala. But I mean, you don't really want to drop Kane before a home match in Newcastle, right? No, I'm not even convinced he's a, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, he, he's my captain right okay. now, uh, okay. pre pre wildcard flop. Um, but I, I don't know. That's it's interesting you say that. I feel like Harry Kane is um, almost an imperative on a wild card. He feels next to Mo like the most must have player at the moment. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, maybe it's just because I don't have a wild card. I haven't um, built. <laughs> You're in a, denial, a aren't you? <laughs> no, no. But just like I, it seems like it'd be very hard to have a really good team with those two in it. I, but, you don't deny yeah. that. Yeah, because like you throw in like Cancelo, right? Like, OK, that's like the third of your squad. right? There's there, not you know? a lot of room. And I think that's where I fall, where I do on the Veghorst argument is sort of like I've got I've really got peanuts to play with, given yeah. those those must haves uh, with Cancelo, yeah. Trent, Salah, and then you put Kane in there, and it's basically yeah. everybody else is in the six point five bracket. It's like you almost need to play. You almost need to have Ramsey and Anthony Gordon. You know, it's like I feel like that's maybe a a, 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 a kind of lineup I would consider. Right, it would be mm-hmm. like a four three three, you know, um, or something like that, um, where you're just playing three midfielders most of the time. And then you could yeah. drop one of those guys in yeah. you know, as needed. It's not know. bad. Yeah. Looking yeah. at my wildcard draft here, I've got Kulisevsky as my fourth, but Gordon as my fifth mid mm-hmm. replace Kulisevsky and just lean on Kane for all of my Spurs attacking points. And then I've got, uh, I've got 1.7 there to put into maybe a, maybe a city player. Yeah. Or I actually mean, probably a Chelsea defender. Right. Yeah. And that's something that, um, yeah, well, let, let's, let's hold off on, on that for one yeah. second here, Brian. So, um, so yeah, just, I wanted to, I want people to think about that a little bit. And so just, you know, do you, um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's gonna be hard to plan for both of the devils. And mm-hmm. so I personally think generally you just have to look at what's in front of you and then 
as, as, as like FPL strategy, you've got to look, you know, three or four game weeks ahead. But if you look more than three or four game weeks, you can sometimes just like fail to see the forest from the trees, you know, and you're just, you're so focused on, on like the big score, the big score that you're going to get later on. But the problem is everyone else knows about that big score too. Like in some ways, like the better way to make up ground is to find that Coutinho player sometimes, right. Is to just, you know, like, like look at game week 33 and be like, all right, if I look at every single squad, you know, all the doubles that take place, what, who are the two or three players in here who could net me 27 points in that game week? And, you know, look at, I mean, just looking right now, James Madison, away to Newcastle, away to Everton at game week 33, right? Mm-hmm. He could be the guy. Mm-hmm. May not be. Maybe he gets two points total, but he could be, right? Technically he, like, it's speaking, a, it's a, yes. Yeah, but I mean, like, seriously, like, he's, you could see it, right? Like, he's, he's like, he can be like a little bit of a flat track bully sometimes, too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see him just cleaning up in those those matches so. yeah and you want form madison it's like yep. it's like um you know you you have those months where you get three paychecks instead of just two yep um yep. and those are special months and i feel like that's madison <laughs> like you've got to start i want to start calling him three paychecks we need, we need our friend danny boyle you know brandon who used to do some great images for us to do a oh a yeah madison three paycheck i don't know how that's all going to work together visually but yeah that that, that is that out. is who he is <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, all right, so let's let's move on to. Um, I, oh yeah, I wanted to also just quickly note here, Brandon. Um, 
it's much more more of a catch up pod than I thought. But I I think it's really useful for for people who haven't been mm-hmm. just scouring articles and, and thinking about fantasy too much the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. I know just going through it right now with you, I feel like I'm I'm getting kind of reorienting my brain a little bit. Yeah. But I, I did want to talk a little bit about um, the postponed matches that need to get rescheduled, right? Okay. Because we we talked about that a little bit, but you know, and you have a couple that are just a given. These are FA Cup. You know, you you would always have these, but in some cases. Uh, some squads have, you know, quite a number of matches to make up and, you know, in Chelsea's case, they have Leicester and Leeds talked about that a little bit already in Leicester's case. We haven't talked about them too much yet. They have the double in 33, but they have two additional matches to get made up as well. One of which is a Norwich at home match. So I think if you're really on the fence about, oh, do I want a Leicester midfielder or do I want somebody else? Um, just knowing that they're going to have three double game weeks in the final eight weeks is probably mm-hmm. enough to tip you towards, um, you know, is again, why it's, it's so annoying that that Rafinha news broke too late uh, for me to, uh, to mm-hmm. move one of the, I, I wish I just like, you know, throw my hat over the fence and, and just you know, yeah. buy one of those players. Um, you've got uh, Spurs have a fixture to make up still. They have the, the North London Derby. Um, obviously that means Arsenal do as well. Um, Leeds uh, have a Chelsea match to make up. Like Leeds are really in the, like just avoid, you know, after the next, the next mm-hmm. two are actually great for them. They play Southampton at home and Watford away. Uh, but then they, you know, they blank from there. They have still have to play Man City, Chelsea away to Arsenal. It's just, it's not going to be great. I mean, the, it's amazing. They won that Wolves match because it's probably going to keep them up, but it's, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I feel like they're three points away from just getting on the beach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Win one of Southampton and Watford, and you might just be able to lose the rest of your matches yeah. and still stay up. Um, Villa have two to go as well, uh, home to Burnley and home to Liverpool. Um, Wolves have one, but it's home to Man City. Probably ignore that. Uh, Palace have one away to Everton. Burnley, again, much like Leicester, they have three doubles still to come. They've got this double in 31, they've got the double in 33, and they've got um, another unplayed match away to Aston Villa still to come mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then Norwich, uh, your, your, your boys, Brandon, they have one more <laughs> match to make up to. And, uh, I and can then, name the three or four Norwich players. maybe. <laughs> and then, uh, Watford, uh, have one match to make up as well. Everton. And again, every time I look at these post month matches to be rescheduled, I'm like, I don't remember any of these teams missing this many matches. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like, how did they, like, there's like, it feels like there was like a whole month where like some of these teams didn't play. Yeah. Um, I guess Lester is the one where I feel like I was like, I felt like Lester went like six weeks without playing a match because yeah. it was just a host of. We were just in a cloud of red mist at that time and nothing really stuck. All right, Brandon, question from Crude and Gold. He says, uh, who are the, I think he's like the only person who got a question in this week's pop-up. I just, I, a lot, there were a lot of similar questions. So I just kind of grouped them into different categories. But it's just that said, name alone, Crude and Gold. Crude and Gold. Incredible stuff. Yeah. I love it. He said, uh, you know, who are the top players to target for those on a wild card this week? And, um, I, you know, I pulled together a few players that I would be targeting a wild card. You're actually strongly considering wild cards. So you can mm-hmm. please, please weigh in, you know, here as we go. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, two that stand out are not the sexiest options, but I think Pope and Schmeichel are, are two that stand out just because you get three extra fixtures for both mm-hmm. of them. And, and Schmeichel in particular is, you know, um, I mean, say what you will about the luster defense, but he's been terrific this year. So you can get save points if nothing else. I totally agree with this take, uh, even though they'll probably let in a fair number of goals. The only alternative to Pope and Schmeichel here would be a premium keeper. And if you're willing to do that and spend that money, then I think Edward Mendy is probably the way to go. I think 
what's going to be interesting to see how the wildcard teams take shape in the next couple of weeks is if you decide to go for Trent plus Robertson, how are you possibly going to fit a Chelsea fullback? Like, yeah. How are you possibly going to fit Reese James or Rudiger into your yeah. defense? Because it's assumed you have Cancelo as well. So then Especially Mendy, if you're doing Kane and if you're doing Kane and Salah too. Right? So that's where I am right now. And 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 Mendy is that Chelsea defensive. I'll use a bad word coverage, uh, mm-hmm. but I think Chelsea's fixtures are so good yeah. for the rest of the season that they're going to keep a number of clean sheets, and I want yeah. a piece of that. So could, I think could Mendy get some rotation uh, with with Keppa. I wouldn't be shocked me if Keppa played a match or two I, down uh, the stretch. I, I don't get that. Um, I I has Mendy's, happened, you know. Well, because when Mendy was at the African Cup of Nations, Keppa had to play, and Keppa's been a cup keeper. Uh, but I don't know that Keppa has played a match in the Premier League when Mendy has been in the squad. Um, so anyway, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, maybe you're right. I I felt like maybe it was more of a thing that happened last season. I guess I'm looking at game week five, but I yeah. I can't remember what happened there. Maybe there was a you know a situation or something. Yeah. Yeah, but but on the other hand, um, if you are going to go Reese James because he's Reese James and he's apparently back in training, and my God, he scores the points. Yeah. Ederson is a way for you to double up on the city clean sheets. Cancelo plus Ederson, where. Stones is pulled out of the England lineup for injury today. Uh, who knows what's going on there? Uh, yeah. So, so that's an interesting route into those Manchester City points. So, yeah, I, I think we agree. Budget keepers, Pope and Schmeichel, premium yeah. keepers to fill out your back line. If you feel like you're missing one of these top four teams, would be uh, Mendy or or uh, Ederson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's a shame that Mendy is so expensive. I mean, six million mm-hmm. is just crazy you know I, I feel like at that price i i, I really I feel like i want them to be able to get some attacking returns you know i also like the worry with many is that he's gonna get like a he, i mean i don't know it feels like he does get more i think of him as a keeper doesn't get a ton of saves although as chelsea's defense has like slipped a little bit from the start of the season it does seem like he's been getting some more of those um yeah i mean schmeichel's 4.8 um I mean, with Pope, you're not saving that much money. He's 5.4. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. basically a premium keeper too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, except without like the clean sheets that, <laughs> that that Mendy has. Yeah, Pope, you're just expecting him to save enough, make enough saves to get him up to that six points on a clean sheet, 90 yeah. minutes. I would say, you know, if it, if I were in the position where it was wild, I would probably lean towards Schmeichel, I mm-hmm. suppose, with uh, – um, with Ben Foster as my, as my backup keeper, you know, just yeah. for, for safety. And just, just because he's, he's 4.8 million. It feels like Lester have kind of turned a little corner here. Doesn't it? It feels like maybe they're, they're, they're on the way back up again a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think the, two of the last the, three. Yeah. I don't know. That's the perennial issue. Not the perennial. That's the issue. The last couple of seasons under Brendan Rogers is Lester can show up one week and, look good and then show up the next and be completely invisible it's been a very weird year for them where where are they at they're they're 10th in the table so that i guess that's where they belong but look at the form table three wins and four you know so um they've they've definitely it seems like they've they've righted the ship a little bit and now having um um the castagna back is big for them as well because mm-hmm. um and james and justin for that matter too mm-hmm. i mean there's actually some interesting defensive options there that we'll we'll need to start you know thinking about with i mean i sure fofana yeah everyone's back all of a sudden and it's like we we kind of haven't talked about their defense for 20 weeks because there just hasn't been anything to say nothing good to say anyway yannick uh, vestergaard yeah. is over here being like guys anybody 
Somebody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, so uh, Castagna has not played since um, since game week 20, where mm-hmm. they kept a, a clean sheet at home to Liverpool, um, and that was the, the, the Schmeichel pen save match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then nothing happens, and then he comes back uh, in game week 30, scores a goal, Keeps the clean sheet because he gets subbed off before uh, before mm-hmm. they concede. And Castagna's the key to everything. Apparently, he's the you know he unlocks Probably the key Stania. Yeah, and Brennan, somebody who actually is your boy. I did hear the key Stania. I don't think I didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, someone who actually is your boy, James mm-hmm. Justin, yeah. is now back in playing as well, which is great. Yes, I I loved him so so much last season. He's looked on the quieter side since coming back. Now you would expect somebody to be yep. a little timid after such a such an For injury sure. comeback, sure. but yep. he's got the potential um, to be strong on bonus because he makes a ton of tackles and he can get forward uh, if if allowed. So yeah, one to watch. Watch this guy. Yeah, and you know, talking about you know, so moving from goalkeepers, you know, up to forwards, and uh, you know, the defenders, I. I'm not really super impressed with any of the double game week 33 defenders. I mean, it's kind of funny because as we're talking now, maybe it would be a lesser defender that I would be maybe the most interested in um, just because they're both away matches, but you could see attacking returns there. So maybe, maybe someone like Castagna. So you go Castagna over Schmeichel and then Pope comes in. You could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Mendy is just, you and I just have never totally seen eye to eye on the expensive keeper thing. You mm-hmm. know, I, um, I don't know. I don't, it's like a mentally, I can't do it. It's like when 5.5 is like a hard bar that I mm-hmm. like can't go over. Um, never change. N- yeah, <laughs> I never will. Uh, but I, you know, so I, I'm not like blown away with a lot of the 30, 33 options. So I think if I were making a, a defender move this week, which I, which I may end up doing, um, I would be strongly looking at the James Rudiger option. And the thing about James is I'm just, nervous i have benefited greatly from james i've had him at basically every great moment this season like if mm-hmm. he has if he has had an attack and return he's been in my squad um and i just think i might have to get out while the getting's good like i just think the the back and forth at the injuries as you as you mentioned all of mm-hmm. their various cup commitments um you know they're in the final four as well you know just a lot going on <laughs> so but i think yeah, it's just it's just a little nerve-wracking and so i think down the stretch, I would probably opt for Rudiger as the safety pick. Mm-hmm. And um, it just I just think it makes the most sense given how many games they have to play. And, you know, if they end up having what looks like back-to-back double game weeks in 36 and 37, that'd be four matches in two weeks. Rudiger was the is the only person who could even possibly play all four of those, yeah. you know, from a Chelsea defender standpoint. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think that's kind of it. The the only other thing to address is is Liverpool and what and how we feel about a double up with uh yeah. um Alexander Arnold and Robertson. Yeah. There's been like an illness that went through Liverpool that, that hit Milner and Robbo, but uh presumably Liverpool are going to have a fully fit squad coming into thirty one. But I, I agree with you that that Trent might not be likely to start just given the matches that are upcoming. And if he needs a, a couple more training sessions. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, Klopp is, Klopp's injured. I mean, this season in particular, it feels like he's just kind of going for it all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And this is, I remember a couple of years ago, I remember this, but it was like a random midweek. It was like a, they were playing Everton in a midweek match. And he was just like, I got to rest my guys. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, it was like, he just didn't play yeah. like, like half the starters. And I think they still won, but this year I feel like we haven't seen that version of Klopp. I feel like he's kind of going with the, with the strongest 
11 if you can pick them. Yeah, once we get through these particular uh, injury concerns with the Liverpool fullbacks, they just feel like the, the best bets. You talk, you, you yeah. saw what you said about Reese James. Um, and, you know, there is Cancelo, of course, but I can't think of any other premium defenders who just offer a more certain points return than yeah. these two guys. You're, so you, I'm, so I'm strong. This is, this is Connor Roberts erasure. What's happening right now, Brandon? Sorry, Connor. There's only one Robbo as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, and he's Scottish. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, outside of maybe James, if you're willing to take the plunge, right? He'd be the he'd be the one kind of massive upside. Yep. Yeah, but I, I agree. Because I mean, the thing about those two guys is they have a they have a tremendous floor, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I think if you know, it may just be especially if you've got a Kane Salah squad. If you're on a wild card, it may just be impossible, honestly, to to have um, you know all of those guys. Uh, you know, have, have two of them, and. Would you at least consider the possibility of going with a Joel Matip? I mean, he has played quite a lot. I mean, he's not an every week dude, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he started, what is it? let's see, um, six, eight of the last nine. Um, you know, it's Konate has, has come in a couple of times. I think the last one he missed because of like he had a... Kind of, I think he had an illness or something like that. That's the only reason you missed the match. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like you're getting the kind of attacking returns from him, but he's got 13 clean sheets on the season, one goal, two assists. Uh, and he's only um, 4.9 million. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, he's so cheap that you could kind of take the risk. He's not going to come sub down in the 70th minute. Right. So it's like, if you have a reasonably reliable fifth defender, then, you know, maybe he makes some sense there. It could work, but it smacks of the, that FPL move. That's too clever. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't work. So yeah. that I'm that's my dealing fear with that with, with my with my Wolves defenders right now. I got too clever with Aitnori and Kilman, you know, um mm-hmm. several weeks ago and it's just like it's dumb. Like I just I hate it. You know, it's like I just like what am I going to do with these guys? You know, it's yeah. just super annoying to to get stuck there. So, yeah, I I hear you. I mean, you know, if if you really can't swing it then I do think that Van Dyke at 6.8 um is 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 definitely an option and it does offer more attacking threat than than Matip. Sure. Yeah. Van Dyke becomes the Rudiger option. The Rudiger, like he does get far up. He is a cavalier center back and that is appealing. Um, But yeah, I don't know if you could, if you can stretch to the fullbacks, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually surprised. It's been quite a while since Rudiger's gotten an attacking return. Cause I I agree. I mean, it feels like he's, he's always there. He really probably should have, um, I don't know what his um, XG and XAR on the season, but it feels like a, he should have more than more than just was yeah. it two goal two goals and two assists in the season. I think that's what it is. Is it two two goals, three assists? Yeah, uh, two assists that came in one game. That leads just like dodgy penalty calls. Yeah, it's great. But when it comes to the midfield, we've talked uh, about Salah already. We did talk about the possibility of Sancho maybe flipping over to Hobbs. I think that's a conversation we can have more in the coming weeks. Um, I think I'm kind of with you that maybe it does make sense just to go for Hobbs right now. I may even look at my own squad and see if there's a way for me to to do that uh, with uh, with my Gaming 31 transfer. Uh, but I think the player that we haven't talked about that I think would be crucial if I was in a wild card would be Saka, who mm-hmm. has been terrific for for Arsenal. And uh, I know like the first week you had him, you were you were getting a little frustrated. The complaints were coming through. Yeah. But uh, he, has, he has since delivered. I mean, he scored a goal and got some bonus points. So, um, you know, there's that. 11-point like, return. Yeah, it's pretty good in a he, blank game week. Yes, it, it's great. Like it, it definitely elevated my game week and I don't mean to be sour there, but I don't think that the narrative has completely changed 
about uh, in my mind for Saka. I do think he's, yeah, he's still a great pick on one of the better teams. You look at Arsenal's upcoming run. Let's see what 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 do they have? So yeah, Palace, Palace away, Brighton home, Southampton and Chelsea um, in, the, in the double thirty three. They end the season playing Leeds, Newcastle, and Everton. Um, you know, they've got another double to, to still be played. Yeah. He's got nine goals and six assists and he costs less than 7 million. It's just, to me, it's like, he's like, and they've got, they've got a double in 33. feels yeah. like he's like an automatic wildcard pick. Right. I mean, yeah, I'll, I will have him. He's in my wildcard draft. How yeah. do we rate him over Martinelli and Odegaard, who would be the other options? Martinelli will probably be a popular pick because yeah. he is a million plus cheaper than yeah. Sokka. He just likes the end product, you know. I mean, I know that's like you you want even more from Saka, but I mean, ultimately, he just has been delivering more this season. Saka has, and it does feel like he's getting in the box a little more. And uh, the problem with Martinelli is that he has a really strong replacement in Emil Smith Rowe, right? Who yeah. is just sort of always available to to come in for him if, if need be, or if he's you know if his form isn't isn't there. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's what kind of eliminates him for me a little bit. Um, yeah. And then I think, uh, the Madison Barnes, we talked about a little bit already. I mean, between those two, Brennan, I mean, does, does between Madison and Barnes, does one tempt you a little more than the other? Madison would be more fun to have, I think, but I've gone for Barnes in a wild card draft. I think with the Vardy injury, Barnes is pretty integral to them getting the ball, you know, working the ball into the 18 yard box. I mean, Madison's shots selection tends to be 18 yards and deeper. Whereas mm-hmm. Barnes is going to be getting touches on the ball inside the penalty area. Uh, so you just, I kind of, even though Maddo is fun, he's on set pieces. Barnes feels like he's, he might have better odds in a pinch to get you an assist yeah. here, a goal there. It's like a, um, it's like the poor man's uh, Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne situation. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's a like, little yeah, bit. you get the kind of, it's like, do you, you know, do you trust, you trust him to get enough set piece, you know, opportunities for FPL returns, or do you want the guy who's just always kind of in the box and hope that the form yeah. is there, you know, which, yeah. which Barnes I mean, and Sterling are similar in that way too, where you never kind of know what you're getting. Honestly, not much in it with the price. Madison is 6.8 where Barnes is 6.6, but I feel, I just think I, I'm going to go for the guy that's, I'm going to bet on the guy who's a little farther forward on the pitch. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it makes sense. I, I guess I'm tempted by Madison. Maybe I'm just like tempted because he because he he scored that nice free kick goal in thirty, and it's it's still in my head. You, you want know? the it's Hollywood like, player, don't you? I can see the goal still. It was it was, it was, such, it was such a nice one, you okay. know. And so maybe that's what uh, is throwing me off a little bit. But I feel like uh, he has just had some really explosive returns over the years, and yeah. I think and I think in my situation too, where I. The only thing I have left is a triple captainship. That's nothing else, right? Um, and so, I have to take a few calculated risks. I feel like, and I feel like, I just feel like the ceiling is a little higher for Madison, and that that's why um, he's yep. slightly more appealing for me. Yeah, I'm seeing six returns in nine matches, uh, the last nine matches for Barnes, but they're all um, single digit returns, except for. Uh, 10-pointer in game week 28. So it's like you're getting consistency but a lower ceiling with Barnes. I buy the argument. And then uh, forwards, Kane, uh, I think, is, is an, you know, is an obvious one. I think the Kane-Sun debate, I mean, it's like we've, we've had it for years now, you know, and it, it's just really tricky. And you just have to, like, really 
have a keen sense of whose form is is on top at the moment. And I it does even though Sun got the brace in thirty, I still feel like Kane is the is the form option. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I know people who are trying to bench Sun and in, in going into thirty. You know, it's like, really? like kind of like a free. I saw a free hit team that had Sun like first bench. Um, so. Yeah, I think, you know, Kane's Kane's merits are there. I think that um, you know, depending on how you set your team up, you could maybe you could maybe go for Sun over over Kane. It's not insane. We've all we've all been there. We've all we've all done the Sun pivot for, mm-hmm. for money. Um and sometimes it works out, you know, clearly. Um or we, we wouldn't do it sometimes. But I think in this case I would I would try to find a way to fit Kane in as well. Um I think Locke is not bad through game week thirty-three. Uh and I think then you could try to flip him to to somebody else. I, I don't really even know who that would be. It may be that you flip into like a 4.5 million forward and put that money into your midfield. Like that could be the flip that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Waghorst, we, horse, we've, we've talked about him all already. I, you know, Everton, I think are too unpredictable. And then the other, you know, player that like the least inspiring player, but just the one who I think if you're looking to be different, uh, is Chris Wood. Um, just because, um, I, I agree with you. I think their 33 double is good. It's just, it, unless you think he's just washed as a player, then, mm-hmm. you know, but if you think he's still like, it's maybe just like, it's been a little fluky that he hasn't done what he has done with like metronomic consistency the last few years, <laughs> mm-hmm. then, um, then I think he's, he's one you could, you could consider targeting. Don't forget about Broja. Broja has kind of fell on, fallen out of fashion as yeah. a fantasy pick, but 5.5 yeah. cheap and yeah. does double in 33. And I feel yeah. like, he's 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 in that realm where you can bench him yeah. uh, when Southampton's fixtures that game week don't appeal. Yeah, he's been he's been frustrating for me because I feel like I, I missed out on all, all of the all mm-hmm. of the Broja moments, but um yeah, he's he's in my squad um right now and I I have him starting in game week 31. So I mm-hmm. I hope he does start. I guess that's that's my worry now is does he, you know, but but he he mostly has I don't yeah. know I mean you know I think that I think he will um, so yeah I, you're right I mean Broja Broja at least deserves a shout out I don't, I don't you know I think um, it, it's just slim pickings and like you know it's 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 been a season long issue and um, I don't really see any reason to think it's going to get better really I mean so I, I do I, I I suppose for that reason I do sort of like Lacazette because he is you know he's setting people up. If nothing, even mm-hmm. if he is another forward in the premier league who can't score goals, he is very <laughs> focused on setting up chance for other players. Yeah. And he's getting attacking returns, you know, yeah. regardless of what they are, they're not quintessential number nine returns, but he's getting fantasy returns. So if you're just, if you're sitting there counting your fantasy points, yeah. what to lock is that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
two more questions, Brandon, and then we'll then we'll get out of here. The first one's about chip strategy, um, and it's just you know it's quite, well, we've got a lot of questions on you know based on what we know, when would you free hit wildcard bench boost triple captain? Um, and you know I talked about wildcard already. I feel like the best option um, is to just do it now and just start you know and then hope you can sort of you know, pivot enough after 33 mm-hmm. to set yourself up. I mean, realistically, you're not going to wildcard and not have a couple of Liverpool players. So you're already kind of on the way there. Maybe you even have one Chelsea player as well. Right. So, you know, you're not talking about, you know, it's going to be hard to have nine of those players anyway, you know, even, even probably on a wildcard, it'd be hard to have nine. We've all been there. It's like you free hit and you're like, Oh, this is going to be sweet. You know, I'm going to have three man United, three Liverpool, you know, and you're like, wait, yeah. that's 92 million. Like I can't, I can't make this work. Um, so, the, you know, the other, as far as the other ones go, um, I think a game week three hit for 33 free hit is tempting if you don't already have a lot of players for it, because then you mm-hmm. can focus on down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise I would probably, it, you know, I hate to say this cause it's such a boring answer, but it really depends on the composition of your team. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you have two players who double in 33, then just use the free hit in 33. If you've got like six already, then I would save it for 36 or 37. Yeah, and 36 or 37, as you mentioned, are going to feature the heavy hitter teams that, you know, just again, going back to the Manchester City caveats, um, it's a team where the the lineup becomes uh, more straightforward to predict the closer you get to the actual match week. So if you're looking to capitalize on whatever double Manchester City might have down the line, that free hit is probably going to be more valuable and you... The upside for the points will be better. I mean, it's. it's yeah. I think the free hit in thirty three comes down to how many points do you think Manchester United can score uh, against uh, Norwich? In the, yeah, in the Norwich match, which is like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's kind of it's kind of tricky. I mean, yeah. it's like a yeah. I mean, I guess Ronaldo's going to play in all these matches now, right? I mean, they're out of the. Uh, they're out of all the cups. There's, you know, yeah. it's just this. I mean, or they just decide they're going to like save his legs or something. I don't, you know, I mean, what I don't know what they do now. I mean, I guess they, they're still fighting for a Champions League spot, so they just have to play him every match. I suppose. It's, it, it, I think the problem with Ronaldo's minutes will will uh, become when Manchester United are clearly out of the race for top four, and yeah. then Ronaldo knows he's leaving the club in the summer. Yeah. Um, and then you might not see his face again. It's still hard to look at the table because of all these unplayed matches, but uh, Man United are four points back of fourth. Arsenal do have a game in hand. They're in the fourth spot. Um, really, it's 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 just a race for fourth because you've got Chelsea who are nine points um, ahead. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, four points is enough that you have to really go for it, obviously. So right. um, so at least at 33, you'd think that he is playing. And But, you know, and so that, that I think puts everybody on the table in terms of, you know, um, Sancho, Bruno, et cetera. I mean, it's an interesting question who, and this actually might be something to think about when you work backwards with your transfers is who do you want to captain in 33? Mm-hmm. Like if you aren't going to captain Bruno and you're just going to go for like this, like a James Madison, like I'm just going to kind of, you know, like just, just to pick somebody, right? Like, um, okay. I think that then, um, yeah, maybe you just don't worry about it, right? If you're not going to captain man, you're a player. I'm not sure it's worth kind of rearranging your team to fit them in. Yeah. Remember, remember yeah. what Liverpool did to Manchester United. Mo Salah captain game week 33. Let's, let's run it back. 
Right. So speaking of Liverpool, they, you know, when it comes to the triple captain option, they have one match still to play uh, or one, you know, one, one extra match to make up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a way to Liverpool or excuse me, a way to Aston Villa. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whenever that match gets locked in 36 to 37, we, we assume uh, that's when I will be playing um, the, the solid triple captainship. And the worry there Mm -hmm. is uh, that they, if they, if they lose to Man City in 32, they they may focus more on the Champions League. It could just kind of you know it's, there's, there could be some some concerns there. But um, you know, if Musal is going for like you know um, the goal scoring record, which is definitely a possibility, mm-hmm. um, or you know his own goal scoring record at least, um, then I think um, I think I think they're just going to play him in, in those matches. And so you know, like in 37, it's possible they play like Southampton and Villa. Like that would be a really terrific triple captain option even if they play spurs in villa in 36 i think that's a really that's a really strong uh double it leaves us with the bench boost chip josh when i think uh the answer is play it whenever i (laughs) i would advocate (laughs) i i I think this is a perfect moment to just uh holster the bench boost until game week 38 for funsies but um I th- there will be a, a, a single game week where you feel like mm, everybody on my bench is pretty good fixtures. Got a fixture dilemma. Just play yeah. it then. I I don't think I think just by I don't think the doubles are really going to impact the bench boost because you're probably not going to have a bench full of doublers. You know. Yeah, I mean, in theory, you could you could wildcard in thirty one with an idea towards bench boost in thirty three. The problem is when you wildcard in thirty one, you're also going to want to be focused on game weeks thirty six and thirty. Like you're going to we want to focus on players who don't double in thirty three. So mm-hmm. it does take away some of the appeal there, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think I, I would probably still advocate for benching and you know or for 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 bench boosting in probably thirty three. I don't know. I mean, it's again, it's very it's very team dependent obviously as it always is. Um, but I think that, uh, 33 or 36, 37, those, those are the three that I would target. And it just sort of depends on what your team looks like. If you have an opportunity to get Joe Gelhart in the mix on a bench boost for game week 33, you, you take that opportunity. Yeah. Well, sadly, um, you know, Leeds, Leeds don't, don't play. even play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, so that's the worry. Some of your bench might out, might not even be playing in those doubles. So, <laughs> uh, interesting. So that brings us to our final uh, note for this week, I guess, or thought, and that's that uh, there actually is a game week right in front of us, Brandon, here at game mm-hmm. week, game week 31. Uh, you know, we talked about the doubles a little bit already. Um, and yeah, I think the captain option C captain options are um, option C. That's a new word that I, I made up it. on the spot. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I think uh, it's Mo Salah, Harry Kane, or possibly Sun. Those would be um, your your top three right there. Um, I don't really think anyone else is, you know, I mean, Man City do play away to Burnley. I guess you could throw like a KDB or a Cancelo or something into the conversation. Yes. But that, that you know, that wouldn't be my top like three. Yeah. Joe Cancelo for all those uh, crazy people out there who want to captain a defender. But I'm with you. I, I wouldn't yeah. complicate things. You you prob- you probably have Salah or Kane or Salah. Yep. And yeah. Uh, I think the the it's Salah number one, yeah. Kane number two. So you were talking to me about how right before we started recording, Egypt Egypt is in the midst of a really high stakes World Cup qualifying two legged tie with their Afcon rival Senegal. Yep. So certainly 
wait to see if Mo comes out unscathed from that match. I certainly yeah. would hate to see anything happen to him. Um, but that's really going to impact transfers and captaincy choices. If some, if for whatever reason, Sala becomes a doubt, then Harry Kane. Yeah. I mean, if, if Egypt lose to Senegal again, like, <laughs> like in uh, high stakes, they're up, they're up one nil, you know, uh, going to this, this match on Tuesday. But if they, yeah, if they, if they lose again, that's, that's, I, I, I worry about his psyche a little mm-hmm. bit too. Uh, but you know, he seems like a pretty, um, resilient you know, resilient fella so um yeah so i i expect him to play i think the stakes are too high at this point you just mm-hmm. don't take any 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 match off uh when you could win the league this this sure. you know this close to the, end of the season so um i think he'll play i think he'll start i think that they'll win handily cl- uh, clearly and mm-hmm. um you know and i think that uh yeah kane that's another one for me i just i don't have him and now i'm I, like it's like I want that match to be over already, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, although I actually have three Spurs in that match, I'll have uh, Son, Kulosevsky, and Doherty. I've kind of gotten away with not having Kane so far. I've gotten yeah. away with it. I captained Son in thirty. I got away with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he's he's only honestly been hot for like five weeks. And I I I had him on my on my free head in twenty seven. So I uh, it was really I think just the. Um, just 29 that it was really uh really hard not to have him so uh but yeah he looks he looks terrific i think he's very very um captain friendly option i think um you know the other matches um you know we talked a little bit about not focusing on uh gaming 33 defenders i think uh the chelsea brentford is a great match again you've got international matches although you know most for most countries um the bigger like the the countries that have already called for the world cup they were they they were just playing friendlies right Mm so um, I would expect someone like Rudiger to to be ready to play on on Saturday, um, and yeah, I mean, I guess Portugal is the other trickier one. Not super relevant fantasy right now because I don't, I don't know how much we own outside of Cancelo uh, their players, but they have um, the Macedonia match, and now it's Portugal versus Macedonia, Italy, man, crazy. And so they they play uh, North Macedonia for a World Cup spot on Tuesday, and so that's a huge match, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, keep an eye on anything that might happen there. Speaking of internationals in Denmark, Christian Eriksen for Brentford scored his first goal for Denmark after coming back yeah. <laughs> from his, uh, his cardiac arrest Good on goal his first too. touch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I still can't 5.5 5 for, uh, for a player on Brentford, when their first match uh, coming back from the break is away, Chelsea doesn't feel great. No, and I don't think they have any doubles to come. It's mm-hmm. like if if we're gonna have him, it's gonna be in game week thirty eight when they play Leeds at home to end the season. And you know, it's possible yeah. that they've already qualified. Or, I mean, they're out, you know they're already gonna stay up for next year. Yeah, I think that's already pretty much a lock. At I this think it's point. a lock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, that could be like a really fun open match. I mean, I, I heard rumor, uh, today that, uh, Rafinha is already kind of agreed in turn with terms to, with Barcelona, uh, for really? next season. Interesting. Um, and that he's going to be, um, basically looking to, to make that move over the summer, which, you know, is awesome for him and a massive bummer for all, for all of us Rafinha heads who love to watch him play. But, um, so that could They're be really like cobbling real... together quite the squad of, of premier league rejects over there at Barcelona. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and it seems it's working. seemingly working at the moment, I right? Know. 
I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, Ferran Torres was good. Like that, you know, it's like, I feel like if you were in any other team, but Man City, there's no Mm -hmm. way he's, he's, he's moving, Mm -hmm. you know, um, to Spain. Although he, maybe he forced it. I mean, we don't, you know, who knows? Like maybe he just got, you know, homesick or something. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, there are some fun matches uh, that take place over the next couple of days. It'd be really interesting to see how that all shakes out. But uh, there we go, Brandon. I think it's it's kind of simple. Otherwise, I mean, it's in fact it's not simple at all. That's why um, that's why <laughs> we had to cover so much ground in this week's podcast. But um, there's you know if you have any questions, uh, you know, find us in the Slack. Um, you know, if you're a Patreon supporter, go to Patreon.com/slash/AlwaysCheating. Send us an email, DM, uh, hailcheaters at Gmail, so you can email us. We're obviously on all the social networks as well. I'm kind of doing the social stuff early, but I'm doing it, you know. Perfect. Um, yeah, back to bringing the, the, the bottom to the top. Um, but, uh, yeah, and thanks, everyone, for listening to the pod. I'll do the producer thank yous, but I'll just jump right into it. Right. Thank you to Mike DePietro, Trevor Anderson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., The Big Daffer. Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like listening. If you're listening to this podcast in 1.4 speed right now, Brandon, I just like turned it up to 2.8. Yeah, exactly. I just, I cranked, I'm doing double time mm-hmm. in real time. Uh, where was I? Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Blair, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Farber, Scott Gang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Karen Scruton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Mikey Yuang, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shaw, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Ram Frost, AJ, Jeremy Spiker, Lazarus Chinos, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Colin Rubber, Todd Byerly, Alper Pack, Soy, Martin Opseth, Lee Hickman, Bugger, Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, Managed by Lasso, James Keatley, Keegan Walsh, The Saint, FPL Pessimist, and Zerkan. All right. Uh, Poku forever. That's what I'll say. Thanks, everybody. Good luck in Game Week 31. Bye.